Hello and welcome to another episode of BJ Shea's Board Game Alliance. I am your host, Joey, crowding the funding D's. Tried to screw with me there, didn't I you, did Sean? a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but I did not fall for your trap, Sean Epperson of Think 12 Games. Oh, hey, hey. And, of course, Josh Utley of the Omega Gamers. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing great, Josh. How? Uh, Vicky B is on assignment. I should mention that, so she will not be joining us today. But how can the Geek Nationals get a hold of us, Josh, if they'd like to? Well, they can go to bjgeeknation.com and get all the podcasts, blogs, interviews, videos, links, and more. More! Just search for us on all the everything: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, or Odyssey.com. Odyssey. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. We are on episode 123. We are going to discuss board games. Because what? that's what we do. I know, right? We had the opportunity uh, a couple weeks ago to have Josh Stilts on from One First Games to talk about The Boys, This Is Going To Hurt. And what did we do? We played The Boys, This Is Going To Hurt about a week or two ago, and we tried to defeat Homelander. For those of you <laughs> who didn't hear the, uh, the last episode that we had with him, uh, The Boys, This Is Going To Hurt is a board game. It's a competitive adventure game for one to five players based on the hit series The Boys that we all love. And your mission is, as an FBI agent, to run around with the main characters of The Boys, Billy Butcher, Starlight, Pick one. They're yep. in the game. <laughs> and you're trying to defeat Homelander before anyone else. Or get obliterated. Yes. Literally. <laughs> so this one is specifically based off the comic series. So that's yes. where all the art comes from. And they even have Butcher's Dog well, in there. An alternate universe comic series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah in the sure. same realm. In the realm. But, yes, it won't spoil anything for you if you're a huge fan and you don't know where the series is going or where the comic book series is going. Yep. It is a different alternate timeline, alternate universe. Thanos has taken us to a different part where he is slaying, <laughs> or in this uh, instance, it is Homelander. And man, we all had, I think, different experiences with this game. We did. There's a lot of dice rolling involved. There is a lot of dice rolling. And one of us in this room did not roll so well. <laughs> I rolled okay sometimes. <laughs> it would and be great to mitigate those dice rolls. No, I had a great time. I loved watching you just swing and lose all your money and then what? swing and lose all of your blackmail. Before we get too deep, what did you think of the art? The art was awesome. Like, fantastic. Especially on the cards because every character is unique. Not only the FBI agents, but they go really deep into like some of the characters that are from the comic books that are, you can play as. Uh, yeah, I loved every part of it. I thought the art was spot on. Yeah, I mean, they used Derek's art, uh, and he was the artist for the comic. So clearly, like, I mean, they were just nailing that part of it, and it looks gorgeous. Yes. Now, the art might have been very good, <laughs> but, but uh, Josh's ability to recruit members in the game, which is what you have to do, because if you don't have anyone to fight Homelander, he will just murder you. Yes. Uh, so you have to recruit members, and to do that, you roll dice. And yeah, but they were very nice dice. They were nice dice. They're not cheap dice. Components wise, very mm -hmm. nice, very nice dice. And the miniatures are really good sculpts, and they got to look great painted. Yes, and you, uh, you should paint mine, and then let me know. He was wondering at that actually with the components and the dice. I, I will not paint yours because I am not good <laughs> at painting. Uh, I will not like the patience ends up about mm, ten minutes into uh, one die. I'm like, you know what? I could just have these not be painted. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yes, uh, the the uh, dice are great, but the big Homelander sculpts in the meeples are obviously yeah. fantastic. The the Homelander sculpt really doesn't do anything in the game. And 
Yeah, you can use it to to point at whose turn it is, but the turns are kind of short, so he's really there just to kind of. He, he's the provide, Everdell tree. Yeah, it's the Everdell tree. It, it's he's there. It doesn't do anything. Imposing, you know, presence yeah. and you know a little bit of table presence as well. And get people to come over and say, "Hey, what's this?" Yeah. And then you can tell them. Yeah. This is a racing game. A racing game? Yes. It's a racing yes, game. a race against home. A little bit. <laughs> and players. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, graphic design. What do you think of the graphic design? Uh, yeah. I had no problems with it. I liked it. I felt it was... Could use more iconography and less words because trying to keep it language-centric, they ran out of room on a few things. The board was missing like one or two keywords. I will say that. I know we we came up with that. I think we noticed that like it could have said once a turn on one thing. And I believe there was the uh pairs that they have where you get bonuses and stuff. I thought there could have been something to at least yeah. note note Some you iconography that, for that. Yeah, that the pairs were paired together because or or at least because there's not only pairs or duos, there's also teams that synergize well. Yes. But all the yeah. teams are just a name written on the card. Right. So you have to go through and look for all of them. Yeah, I do remember yeah. that too. Yeah, which I did. But I mean, what they did have wasn't—I didn't find confusing at all. Confusing, but you do limit your audience, right? Yeah. So yeah, definitely wasn't confusing because when I got it and I got my pair, because my pairs essentially are the way you do eventually end up defeating Homelander. Because if you don't get pairs, it's hard to get to the exact number of damage you need to defeat him through your dice rolls. But so. really, out of all five of us, you're the only one that ever had any duos yes and so we did think that about the game so you can play up to five players but there is a limited amount of characters you can purchase or recruit and because of that you know, there tends to be a lot harder to get pairs if everyone's going for the same characters because they are essentially different powers and such but you need the dice and yeah. the dice what end up mattering when you're fighting homelander at the end and we found out that when you have five players Everyone wants to recruit eight people. Yes. <laughs> so we, it was a little unlucky, I think, that like we just no one found a pair for the longest time. But, uh, I mean, I did end up getting one, I guess. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think they could have used a couple more, at least duos or pairs or characters in general. Yeah. Which is what they... Uh, now, they had a ton of characters, but I think it was just too many teams, you know? Too many... But the duos are limited when you have all these teams. It would have been better to have more of like a like a lot of cards compare with a lot of other cards kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, need to synergize a little bit more with yeah. with each other. Just to yes, it could take it out of like this guy would never talk to this guy, but you're also trying to play a game. Yeah, I, I think there's there's options within the world to be able to do that. Um, mm -hmm. that I mean, you're, you're right that you were kind of limited, like. I can only get this one person to be a part of my duo where within the universe they had people kind of crossing over in various ways. So Yeah. And if somebody had that duo, you're never getting it. Yeah, exactly. So that was a little rough. I know you can steal some things, but more resources. Some you can try to steal characters, but it's it's difficult. Yeah. It's not you have to roll a six to get an alpha and that's that's not great odds. Yeah, and alphas no and mitigation. Yeah, there's two levels of characters. There's an alpha and a beta. The alphas were the more like heavy hitters within the universe, and the betas were the like kind of side characters, teenage kicks, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of it, the theme is there, but does the theme play in the mechanics? And I don't think so. 
Hmm. I don't I don't feel like a CIA agent. I don't feel like a superhero. I don't feel like I got the compound V or a, a super um well adjusted, mentally stable <laughs> character of the boys. I just feel like I'm rolling dice waiting for my next turn. Hmm. We did run pretty unfortunate. We Homelander has cards that reveal every essentially every round, which is yeah, one yeah. turn per person. And they uh, do something to the board or the players, usually in a negative sense, to incentivize people to do stuff. Which is fine. Yeah. I, I, I'm okay with that. You expect it. You got to have something coming at you. But you're right. We had an unfortunate, the ones that close, that make each area harder. Mm-hmm. We got like five of those out in the first five turns. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. So now that's just a bad shuffle. And some we played with all the cards to extend the game just so we can get a real good play of it. Right. If you don't play with all the cards, you're not always going to see those right away or at all. Because yeah. if you remove the cards because you randomly deal 21 cards or something like that, you may not ever see those. And that could be a very different play. But I still like for theme, regardless of those cards coming out, I don't feel like I was playing the comic book or the movie. I think the only thing that broke that a little bit for me was that in the universe, most of the time, the, the characters from the boys are helping each other in various ways. And in this, you're kind of, but you're really not. And there's a lot of opportunities to kind of screw each other over because you're trying to be the one that actually goes out to defeat Homelander. Uh, they did that a little bit in the comic and series. Like, you know, if someone is going off and doing something stupid, they might try and stop them. But per, primarily, they were working together. So the fact that you're kind of working against each other a little bit did break the theme a little you're, bit for me. We definitely came down on you're working against each other at all. That's there's, yeah. there's no cooperative in this game whatsoever. <laughs> there really isn't. There's nothing. There's nothing you're trying to hit in a turn. You can't combine your dice rolls to to defeat any but him yep. or any cards or anything. So for me. Like, mechanically, I do want to talk mechanics, but your mechanics are roll the dice. That's it. What did you think of the uh, power bonus cards and the cards that helped you? Uh, the, the resources? The resource cards, yeah. I felt, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're, they, they limit you way too much. Yes, the resources, they can be cool. They can get you another card, but you're throwing a card to get a card. It's not a huge gain. And then anything that gives you the power bonuses, they restrict you to a plus three total, whether it's compound V or cards. When you're trying to defeat something, you can buff your rolls, which usually in a luck-based game, being able to manipulate the dice is how you make these games funner. And they capped it at three. That doesn't feel like the boys. Why are the boys or anybody in the boys, any character thematically in the boys, one, going to listen to a power cap, and two, why is it so small? When Homelander has 40 hit points and I have five dice that might roll twos, you know. I can see why they would cap, like, from a thematic standpoint, why they would cap V, the amount of V yes, you can use. Yes, I agree with you on like, overdose yourself and kill yourself, right? Okay, yeah. so that makes sense. <laughs> but these um, cards, we went through the whole deck. We looked through the whole deck. There's only two plus threes on powers in the entire deck. And a few twos and more ones. But, I mean, if someone's sitting there farming all these resources, you also have a hand limit. Yeah. So, at max, 
you might be able to powerhouse one alpha or beta. Otherwise, you have to hold all these cards, which will hinder you if you try to hold them all to, to fight Homelander. Yeah. So the power cap with your resource cards made zero sense to me. I don't I don't like that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the big the big issues I think we came up with is it's a pretty hard five player game. Like I think that what really affected our playthrough. And on top of that, we had a lot of we ran bad in the variants. Like we flipped over some cards and and it was like, okay, well now we're losing actions because one of the big things is this is essentially an action management game. Like yeah. you have very small actions per turn you can take in you know, intentionally because they want the game to go fast. Right. So that you yeah. once you learn what you can do in a turn, you can just blow through turns every, you know, thirty seconds essentially. Which I liked. I thought that was smart because in a die rolling game, it's like playing like like accelerated Yahtzee. You're just rolling the dice, you're trying to hit the exact numbers, and then you win kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. I will say that I think Josh was right. I think losing turns or losing actions, you know, by a state based effect that essentially happened because a card flipped over can be kind of brutal because you want to incentivize people to do more as the game goes on, not less. Yeah. And we definitely got restricted with less. Um, but I overall like just the really basic theme of you have to go collect dice, essentially, and then your dice change based on what you're getting. And but I love numbers. So right. from a number standpoint, I was like, oh, I know exactly what I need to do here. BJ, on the other hand, who we played with, most hilarious playthrough ever. This guy spent <laughs> hours just complaining about like certain things, and I even justified as Josh did. They, like things were happening, and they weren't great, and so for them, so I was like, yeah, I get it. But he was winning, like we, like even Josh Stilts, <laughs> the board game creator, you know, who helped like do all this work, is sitting there like, I'll switch spots with you, and BJ's like, no. No, you're just saying that because you know you, you want to try to like uh, beat me, you know, come from behind and beat me. And we're like, no, I was looking at him like you're really not that far off. Like, I mean, he doesn't, you know, it's hard to tell because, you know, as Josh said, Holmer has like 40 hit points, or this our game, he ended up having that many, and you don't know how hard it is to roll 40 on five or six or seven or eight dice when your yeah. average is like three. Or right. four, <laughs> you know, you're not getting there very often. Yep. Well, one of the big problems BJ had is he didn't see a catch-up mechanic. And Josh tried to explain a few things that were possible, but not a clear catch-up mechanic right. or a possibility to stay in the game. It turns out, because we're like, let's just play through and we'll see. It turns out you don't need it. Everyone's going to catch up. It is so hard to get the dice you need to beat Homelander. By the end of the game, we all had all our dice. Yeah. We all caught up, and it really just came down to who was lucky enough to roll well. Yeah, I mean, when... So I played it with um, a group that uh, I game with over in the Yakima area, and we were all pretty close, so that when one person finally felt like they had enough, they moved in to go attack him, and they were able to, to do it. And it was kind of a, you know, they got a lucky roll which I don't have a problem with in a game with that's sort of the whole idea behind it. Yeah, but I play games and I like multiple paths to victory. Yeah. If I see you playing a game and you're doing this thing and, oh, well, there's no way I can compete with that because it would just take me half the game to try to catch up to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Oh, but I can do this path to victory and maybe I can be competitive. Right. I didn't feel like that. Once someone, BJ and Josh and Joey, were clearly kind of ahead of everybody, I was like, well, there's really not much. And we ran out of alphas. Yeah. There were no more alphas that could add to power. There was like three that were kind of ineffective. We couldn't synergize our teams anymore. 
Like I was stuck. There was just no way. And it, that's luck of card draw and luck of dice roll. So yeah. for me, I'm I'm gonna pass on the boys. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe the expansions will change some stuff, and I will definitely try it again if the expansions add more variability of play. Not mm-hmm. not the art. The art's great. The yeah. the characters. There's a ton of characters. But that's just for me. Yeah. Definitely, I definitely feel that there is a an audience that will appreciate it more and an audience that will appreciate it less. Um, the group that I played with really liked it, and but they're also like more lighter players. So games that are you know a little more swingy on dice rolls and stuff like that, or random card draws, they don't mind and they just kind of lean into. So they had a lot of fun with it and they didn't have that problem with it. Joey, what did you think? What's your final thought, Mister? I won the game. I did win the game. I get to play Billy Butcher. Uh, Billy Butcher is quite powerful. He gives a lot of hit dice and a lot of plus tier hit rolls, which is great because you do need to get to that 40. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, it our, our, I'm a little biased now at this point, though, because I was thinking about it. I'm like, we took like seven hours yeah. to play this game. <laughs> well, there's a reason why it took seven hours. Yeah, and, um, and we really did a lot of dissecting of it while we were playing it, too. But there yeah. was a point where, like, I think BJ and one of our other gamers started an hour-long conversation about something. And I like sitting there, I'm like, Whose turn is it? Like, I like, this is supposed to literally Wait, take like group? 30. Yeah, well, that sounds made up. I don't know what you're talking about. And we realized it got to BJ and it stopped. And then he got into a conversation. And then we were just like stalled. So I like, I mean, like, I think it went a lot longer than it normally should, especially uh, yes. with yeah. five players too. And we did put in all the the bad cards. We which did normally then, so we lengthened our game purposefully. Yeah. Um, I did like it. I would like to try it again. I would like to try it again with three players. I want to see, because I think to Josh's point, we ran out of alphas, but that's not supposed to happen in the game. You're supposed yeah. to have at least like probably like eight or ten left in the deck so that like yeah. finding pairs is a little easier. And also, if you find one and you know that it's not out there, right? The problem is a lot of times you'd find an alpha and we'd already know the pair was out there. So you were like, I don't have a lot of incentive to go finish and you know hire this person to fight Homelander because I'm not going to get enough dice anyways yeah. without the bonus. And trying to sabotage them is just... It's just too hard. Yeah, and to your point, Josh, since there is only one way to win the game, like there's no like you know connect three, or there's no like oh you've completed a side quest that gives you victory points, and you really it's just getting dice. Yeah, and honestly, there are side missions in it, but they are a light distraction. They don't reward you well, and there's no, they're not going to say no. In the side missions, there is very little variability. Every time yeah. I had them, they were matching. Really? Which is great. If I did it, I'd complete both. But they're like, hey, you get one thing. One minor one money. thing. Yeah, one. <laughs> you I've only played it at five as well. And I'd, I'd like to try it at a lower player count. I was looking on BGG and it says the uh, recommended is two. Wow. So yeah, that makes sense. Really yeah. Two to three. Three, I'd see. Two, I don't know. Two would be interesting because you would probably remove the sabotaging game. pretty much from the game at that point because you're never going to be on the same area of the board. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> in the same spot. Yeah, but I could <laughs> see three. I think three is probably where you want to land on this game if you can. I still enjoyed it. I mean, I, I did end up winning. I, I got lucky. BJ was literally one number away from winning. I think he got 39 and he needed 40. Oh. <laughs> and on the term that I won, like he rolled first, rolled 39, missed, and then I rolled a 40. Nice. But, so it was, I mean, it was awesome in that sense for me. But I, I remember thinking the whole time, like Josh and I are looking at each other and I'm like, GJ's about to win. Like he, he, doesn't, he doesn't know it, but he's about to win the game. <laughs> yeah. And he rolled and we counted and like literally counted like three times because he's like, I think I have 39. <laughs> like looking, I'm like, yeah, it looks like 39. And, and yeah. the, the other person we were playing with, he tried to fight Homelander like three or four times, and he was also very close. So mm-hmm. it just came down to luck. 
Yeah, I feel like there'd be something cool if you lost to Homelander. Like, that way, like, there is almost like a catch-up mechanic in the sense that if you take a shot and miss, it's not just taking a shot the next turn. It's yeah. like you got, like, something happens. Like, your guy gets, your alpha gets killed. Or someone, you, you lose something in the fight. Like, you know, in, in, traditionally yeah. in the boys' boat happen if you want to piss off Homelander. Right. <laughs> But uh, overall, you know, I had a good, I had a good time, and the game day was fun. I mean, Josh brought in cheese, and I love cheese, so <laughs> yeah, it's still there too. I forgot <laughs> yeah. my dang cheese. There's a lot of great uh, cheese, so it was fun, and I would like to try it again. Hopefully, we get a chance. And again, I think if we played it now, it would take maybe ninety minutes yeah, at most I, for I, three I, people, because like you said, we were dissecting and we were, um, you know, making Josh our best friend. Yeah. <laughs> Josh did ask us to to really you know uh, strength test the uh, the game for him. And I think we did that and BJ yes. definitely gave him an earful for it. <laughs> a good earful. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, like constructive criticism, we'll right. say. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I would play again for sure though. The the t- the listed time is supposed to be an hour to 2 hours depending on, you know, gameplay length. So or player count. Yeah, that sounds so, about right. Yeah. yeah. Not, so you know, we went we <laughs> <not> went seven. <laughs> we went a little longer than that. <laughs> Anyways, that was uh, the boys. This is gonna hurt. This is going to hurt. Uh, you can still find that on uh, Kickstarter and all of the lovely places. There will be an expansion later on this year that will be coming out. Hopefully, that will make the game even more fun. Yeah. But until then, we must get to some other crowdfunded games. Sean, yes, it's your segment. What do we got on the Kickstarter today, or the Quick Starter, or the everything? The everything. Yes. Uh, the first one we would like to talk about is Trolls and Princesses by Game Brewer. Uh, Game Brewer tends to make a lot of uh, Euros that we've played. Uh, they did Pixie Queen, for example. So Sean and yes. Good People. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> in Trolls and Princesses, uh, it's a, quote, easy-to-learn, hard-to-master strategic board game on the Scandinavian troll legend with a humorous twist. Uh, this is definitely a kind of Euro-style game. Uh, you're going to be doing what they call a worker movement game. We're going to be going around taking actions either in a village area or out in a uh, kind of a resource gathering area. So different two different spaces that you're going to be kind of working in. Uh, two to four players, 90 to 120 minutes. Uh, this one is a $60 standard and an $82 special edition. So there is a ton of stuff in this game. Uh, lots and lots of... But could I try it before I and buy lots it? Lots of people. Well, you can go play it on TTS. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, a lot of a lot of games on Kickstarter now will put the, themselves up on Tabletop Simulator, so you can check it out. And this is one such game. Um, yeah, like I said, there is tons and tons of meeples. The art style is um, almost kind of like fairy tale uh, style, a uh, lot kind of cutesy style. Um, really gorgeous work. Uh, the art's just gorgeous as well. By the same artist as Bitoku, which uh, may interest you, Josh, there. A beautiful, beautiful physics problem. (laughs) 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 I I would tell you if Bitoku is good or bad, but I haven't learned it yet. I'm trying. It's very goals heavy. You haven't solved the equation yet? Okay. Anyway, oh. anyway, trolls and princesses. Speaking of trolls and princesses, uh, yeah, yeah. So the the standard meeples are you know very non-screen, but the other ones are more upgraded. They have lots of silk screening on them, uh, cool designs. Uh, the gameplay, like I said, is very simple. You're basically just moving your workers and doing stuff, but trying to figure out how to strategize within that to be uh, successful and outpace your opponents is kind of how you win the game. So it's really about, there's a little bit of collaboration, but it's 
there's only going to be one winner. <laughs> one of the actions is steal a cow. <laughs> I would be only using that action. Joey so, will go for his 10th cow. Got to love some uh, some good high-quality player interaction. There's also the uh, ever-popular action of hide a church bell. Yes. <laughs> what do you think that does in the game? Um, well, they couldn't be more disturbing than swap babies with changelings. <laughs> I like this game already. So what are the add-ons you can get? Uh, they have a magnetic storage box for Yay. each player. So each player gets their own little like box with all their stuff. So you just go, boom, Josh, here's all your, all your junk. And, you know, you don't have to baggy everything separately and, and sort all that out. It's already done for you, which is really cool. Um, just, I mean, the production on this looks amazing. Uh, Game Brewer always does really high quality stuff, and they've delivered uh, successfully on a number of their Kickstarters. So I um, just want to swap babies there. with changelings. It's this sounds. I'm I'm, I'm backing this, <laughs> FYI, because this just sounds all kinds of uh, silly fun. Um, this will be ending on February 17th. They're currently at 70k of their 27k goal. So lots of extras are being layered into the game. And uh, there are about 886 backers, so uh, get in and check this one out. Next up is Hollywood 1947, a movie-making game of strategy and deception. Uh, this is by Facade Games. Uh, they have a series of games that are all done in a style that looks like a book. Oh, interesting. I like this. So, uh, some so, so the book... Is a facade. Aha. Yes. He's figured it out, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here to help. (laughs) Ding. (laughs) Uh, So in this one, in Hollywood, what you're doing is you're playing essentially a movie producer. And you're going out producing these different movies, uh, horror movies, war movies, all stuff around that kind of like 1950s sort of era, 1947 to be specific. Uh, One thing that was very about this era of history is this was during the big red scare so people might be called out as you're a socialist well this is a hidden deduction game as well uh oh hidden deduction you said uh, 1950s well i said 1947 40s. To be specific. oh 1940s okay just, just <laughs> checking on what year yes thanks for listening to all the words <laughs> <laughs> i'm right on top of that rose <laughs> So uh, you might be a loyalist, you might be an evil socialist to trying to advance the, uh, the bad side of things, uh, but nobody knows who's going what. And what you're doing is you're going to be um, adding things into production, adding characters, adding plot devices, and they do this through a card-sleeving element. And um, if a movie is successful, then it might advance, might have elements in that movie that advances some uh, ideas of socialism or it might uh, might not so you're trying to figure out you don't want the socialist propaganda uh, to be successful uh, you want uh, the non-versions of that so, John is evil I can tell yep <laughs> it looks really cool I love how they do this the the whole like card sleeving thing with uh, kind of hidden information within the cards being sleeved together and then things get revealed uh, really really neat concept oh there's a comedy movie poster. There's a horror movie poster with, with uh, Boris Price, <laughs> and it shows Anubis. But their their comedy has two people on the back of an elephant, Joey. That's an elephant. There's an elephant. That's one elephant elephant in the right direction. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The base game is $24. Uh, The deluxe edition, which has um, 
like upgraded pieces for each uh, each level of person that's working in the game, whether it's a director or you know whatnot, the different elements. Um, upgraded pieces for that, uh, upgraded cards, stuff like that. Uh, that's fifty four. And uh, let's see here. They are currently at five hundred and sixty seven thousand of their thirty thousand gold. Yeah, so they might funded. make it. <laughs> so it might be happening. <laughs> uh, this is going to be ending on February sixteenth. Uh, they have right around eighty three hundred backers. So lots of people are interested in this, which is cool to see them go. Because I remember when their first game came out. So it's been really fun to see this this company kind of take off. Um, Get in and check this one out if you like uh, social deduction style games uh, with a really interesting twist on the whole uh, the story about this one, you know, the movie making, but set in that 1940s Red Scare era. Really, really cool concept and really neat looking game. Next up is Hero Realms Dungeon. Have they ever done anything? I don't remember. Hero Realms? <laughs> mm, so, racking my mind. If you don't know what Hero Realms is, Hero Realms is based off of Star Realms. Star Realms is a deck building game uh, set in a sci fi universe, very competitive. Hero Realms takes the same concepts of Star Realms, the deck building. Uh, you know, you've got five cards, you're going to be acquiring cards from a purchase row, row etc. Uh, but it makes it fully cooperative, where you're working together to try and take out some, you know, some bad guy. Uh, it's been doing really well, and uh, this is the newest version of that. This is, uh, they're adding 80 new cards, 6 new characters, 12 encounter dungeons, and it's a campaign for 1 to 5 players. Um, if you like deck building, if you like, you know, that fantasy genre, um, and you like cooperative games, this what is if, kind of a no-brainer. What if I like phenomenal art? Yeah, their art's really, really good, yeah. for sure. Uh, I like deck builders, um, and I've played this before. This is a great uh, cooperative deck building game. Uh, really, really easy to teach. Really easy to pick up and learn. Uh, this is going to be $30 for the base game, which for everything that you get in this, tons of cards, tons of replayability, um, and a long you know campaign that's going to be fun to play. It's a really good price. Uh, if you want the all-in, which is basically all things Hero Realms, uh, then it's about... It's two hundred and ninety nine for the all in edition. That's going to eat you a whole ton of crap. Uh, they've got four thousand one hundred and twenty seven backers right now. Ooh. So uh, yeah, it's a very popular system. Uh, they've got six hundred and forty seven k of their twenty k goal funded. So very, <laughs> very, very funded. Another super popular game. Uh, this is going to be ending on February sixteenth. So uh, get in and check in Hero Realms. Still in the land of Kickstarter, last but definitely not least from our friends over at Calliope Games is Four Corners. Four Corners is a living puzzle board game for one to six players where you're going to be twisting tiles to create a kaleidoscope or a galaxy. Now I say a kaleidoscope or a galaxy because there are two different games. What? Huh? So there's the kaleidoscope game. And there's the Galaxy game. This is two games in one. Uh, it's two separate games completely. What, so, two separate games completely? Yes. So, huh. It so, looks to me, just off without reading words, mm -hmm. uh, Kaleidoscope is more abstract. Yes. But if you can't wrap your head around abstract, there's galaxies. Yes. Cool. Yeah. I like the galaxies one. 
that should tell you what it I'm definitely gives you like a which way you kind of you know you, you kind of bend as far as that goes um both are really gorgeous i mean clype always does really pretty games and something is really cool about this so clype has done a lot of uh, t- uh tile style games right um that's one of the things they're really known for uh, is that style of game and they've taken the whole tile placement and tile movement thing normally that's going to be kind of annoying because you're going to be spinning your tiles you're going to be rotating them around now you're going to have to pick the tile up and rotate it, and it's really fiddly. But, Sean, They've, yes. what if I want to play it before I back it? <laughs> there might be. Where this can you this go? might be on Tabletop <laughs> Simulator. Hey, look at that. It is on Tabletop Simulator. <laughs> wow. So they actually solved the problem of a tile spinning, rotating game being very fiddly, annoying, and how it interrupts you know, things being connected together because they have this plastic uh, base that you play into. And the base has an inverted uh, little area that the tile sits on, and you could push down on one corner, and then spin it around, and then let it go. So, like the like the some of the game tray style card holders, yeah. where it's got a raised thing, so you just press down, the whole thing comes up, and you can tr- pick it up easily. You don't even have to pick it up; you just push it down and spin it, yeah. and then put it back. I'm looking at that's really that's smart. Cool. Yeah, it's a really ingenious system. Um, it makes the whole, like, takes away all the fiddliness and worry about, you know, making things mess up or whatever. And solve it. Like, just brilliant on their part. And you get two games? Well, so you decide which one you want to back for. If you want the Galaxy version, that's $32. If you want the Kaleidoscope version, that is also $32. So which way you want to go. But maybe you're kind of that, well, I, I like both. They're all they're both really gorgeous. And, you know, I have some friends that are more into abstract. I have some friends that are more into, you know, space-type stuff. So maybe I'll just spend 60 and get both, which you're saving a bit of money as well. I like getting both. They're currently at 12 k of their $8,500 goal. So they're, they're funded, which is awesome. Uh, Clypey's been around for a long time, so they are definitely going to be you know, bringing stuff out. So there's no concern about them as a company. Uh, they've got 285 backers, and this is going to be ending on February 26th. Check this out. Gorgeous game. Fantastic company. Uh, you can't go wrong with them, for sure. Last up. We're going to go to the land of GameFound. GameFound! This is an interesting one. Um, I hadn't heard about this before. So this is a game called Scrap by Jolly Swagman Games. Jolly Swagman? Jolly Swagman. I love that name. Just amazing. So Scrap is a sci-fi game for two to four players. Uh, It is about robots. The robots are basically AI that have come alive. Uh, in this, so I'm going to read from their uh, Kickstarter or their game found here. You play an intelligence, a bot collective that has just become sentient due to an event known as the Singularity. Ooh. This event caused Celestium to flow all throughout the universe, sparking all kinds of mysterious changes to all it watched over. For bots, this meant the development of cognition, so we're getting smart, and a hunger to learn more. Oh, hunger. So this is going to be some programming, because you're going to be programming your bots. Uh, You're going to be going out to uh, different locations. You're going to be uh, doing actions and getting stuff in these locations. They call it a 3X game, where it's uh, exploit, expand, and uh, explore. 
Oh. And explore, no exterminate. Actually, no. There's, John, there's exterminate. I was leading. I was teasing. Yes, oh. there's definitely exterminate in there. So John Connor's not safe. No, uh, yeah. expand, exploit, and exterminate. <laughs> the best aspects of the X's. Um, lots of different factions. There's uh, six different factions to be uh, specific. Um, man, there is so much content in this game as far as like all the different pieces. Uh, they've got. Uh, let's see here. 113 wooden robot meeples. Jesus. <laughs> Just a few. Uh, and they've got 12 locations. They've got 76 function cards, 36 fragment cards, tons, and, and more. Did you more. see the Saga pledge level? Yes. <laughs> I have never seen a pledge level like this before, ever. Uh, what did you explain what the Saga pledge level is? <laughs> You're in it for the long haul. And want to see more games from this developer. Grab the power-up edition of Scrap, and then a copy of every game I release ever. It's the $500 pledge level. Oh, that's not bad. It could be an investment. Yeah. This guy blows up. He might regret this decision. That's true. (laughs) Or change his name. (laughs) Uh, There are people that are at a pledge that. There's uh, 11 pledges at that level. Oh, wow. People are willing to, you know... Kind of roll the dice and hey, sure, we'll we'll go along this journey with you. Well, uh, I don't know if you know, but GameFound has stretch pay, which you can break these up into monthly payments for some of these higher pledges. Look at that. Yep. <laughs> so for this one, it's uh, get it for one hundred and sixty-seven dollars a month, essentially for three or four months. Get on that payment plan. Yes, <laughs> that's actually kind of really because you know some of the games do get kind of pricey. The the yeah. base pledge for this. Is one twenty five. You're getting a ton of stuff for it, so I understand why it's one twenty five. But uh, with the monthly payment system that you can do, it's only forty one dollars a month to pay off that one twenty five. So it's that's a really cool system that that uh, GameFound has the stretch play stretch pay. Uh, this is going to be ending on February twenty sixth as well. As I said, the base pledge is one twenty five. There is a deluxe version which upgraded all the stuff for one fifty. Uh, definitely get in and check this out. This this looks really, really cool, and I love that idea of like, hey, I'll, I'll go 500, and let, let's go on this journey, baby. Give me all the stuff for free, whatever you make. <laughs> oh, that is so true. Thank you, Sean, for so informing us with all the awesome games coming up. And thank you, Geek Nationals, for joining us on another episode of BJ Shea's Board Game Alliance. Make sure to join us next week as we talk games played and all things gaming, storage, organizers, organizers baggy shelving, and more. But until then, Josh... Play nice.